Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with your co-host, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice, and his wife, Jeannie. Michael and Jeannie share with you the wisdom of the ancient Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. They offer tools and support five days a week. They will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love. In Aramaic, Rachma. Michael is the author of Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.whyagain.com. And now your co-host, the forgiveness doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. To the brightness within you and the truth that is rooted within me. Happy Tuesday. Today is September 29, 2015. I'm Michelle Pache, filling in for Jeannie. And I'm here today with Dr. Michael Rice. We warmly welcome you to the show and thank you for choosing to be with us. Our call-in number is 646-200-4169. Press 1 and that puts you into queue to talk with our host. We encourage you to call in with your comments or questions, allowing you to actively strengthen and deepen your practice. Now let's welcome Michael in support of developing our inner process of Aramaic forgiveness. Well, thank you, young lady, and uh, much appreciation once again for being available to uh, to manage the switchboard. Jeannie and I are out taking care of some challenges with our telephones, and uh, so she wasn't able to get to where she'd have a computer uh, signal to, to run the show. But here we are. We're still in Hot Springs, Arkansas. We decided to, uh, to spend the night last night after uh, a busy day here and uh, kind of extend our celebration and this is the uh, the town where Jeannie and I first met where we had connected with each other through uh, eHarmony.com and after a couple of weeks of communicating through the telephone and internet we uh, we met in Hot Springs, Arkansas so we're back celebrating and beyond that, of course, we're appreciative of everybody who chooses to join us every day that you choose to join us for this awesome study, this awesome material called Forgiveness. How this man 2,000 years ago knew so much about the operation of the human mind that he could teach us a psychology that was just surpasses anything that you'll find anywhere on the planet. It's just, you know most amazing and uh, so I feel abundantly blessed for the fact that I actually get to do this for a living I actually get to understand this ancient teaching and bring it into application into thousands and thousands and thousands of people's lives and of course our radio show is about supporting you as we support ourselves in learning these tools and that uh the, uh, the beauty of the process is there is a power in each of us that knows all of the answers. And when we connect with that power, and one of the most empowering ways to do that is through community. 
And as through community, we connect with that power, we have deep, deep access to the understanding of just how we work in this universe, how our universe works, and in particular, how to bring healing into the human mind. There was a, a particular group of people that I had worked with at one time who uh, would come together as a, as a group and uh, and do some study, but not really do much in the way of real inner work. And and then they'd party, you know, lots of alcohol flowing and and party time. And there came a point where we did a, a workshop with them and really tapped into that forgiveness process and then the still point breathing. And once everybody had gone through the breathing process, it was just kind of like, who needs the alcohol? You know, it just sort of dropped away. The party game left and it became, ha, ah, when you're in this connected space, who needs who needs anything else? So it's pretty sweet, pretty nice place to go. And, of course, the only thing that can disconnect us from the truth of who we are, and, and, and the truth of who we are is, is very simple. It's it's simple to experience. Hold a newborn child, you know exactly who you are. And as that awesome presence of love, the only thing that can pull you out of that state is if, in your mind, you hold something that is less than love, something based in hostility or fear. And if, in your mind, you have stored something based in hostility or fear, and you live in the standard mindset of culture, what your culture has taught you, then whenever that hostility or fear comes up, you always talk about who's to blame, and it's always somebody else. And when you talk about somebody else being to blame, you create a part of your mind through that denial that you dissociate from. And what you dissociate from, you cannot change. It's not yours to change anymore. And so the first century Aramaic forgiveness process, and and let me, before I talk about the forgiveness itself, just, just to recognize that once I create this peace in my mind, this zone, I referred to it yesterday and was taught this past weekend, actually, that it's a free will zone, that free will zone is something that goes on automatic pilot. Once it's hidden from us, it automatically, energetically, takes over our lives and goes into action. And so those parts of our minds that are in automatic pilot especially if we're not acquainted with them, when they produce results in our lives, we say, where the heck did this come from? Why why, why is this happening to me again? And they asked Yeshua a couple thousand years ago about this, uh, this uh, free will zone, and they said, you know, how do you tell where, what, what's in somebody's free will zone or the dissociated mind or what the, uh, the world of psychology calls the unconscious? So, well, here's how you tell. You look at the results you're producing. You look at your fruit and your results, because that's where the creative power lies. That's where your ability to set up your life resides. It's going to produce that result, just automatic pilot. It's just going to happen. There's no no thinking about it. There's no control over it. It's just the way it works. And so when you begin to apply forgiveness, you access that zone, as it were, in mind. And when you access it, you have the opportunity to change it. Or at least you have the opportunity to open the space for it to be changed. Because once you have an accumulated amount of information in that hidden part of the mind, that accumulated information 
becomes so huge that you can't change it on your own. So what Yeshua taught 2,000 years ago is that there is a power in us that when we invite it into activity, it will assist us in cleaning up that part of our minds. And as we clean it up, as healing occurs, then those results, that fruit that was produced of, you know, somebody come up and bopping you in the nose or whatever, cancel the thought, disappears. And what's in that free will zone is nobody's responsibility but your own, and nobody can change it but you. Not even the creator can touch that part of your mind. It's not, it's like you were given free will, you have the right to hold whatever you choose to hold. If you don't know what you're holding, keep looking at your life, and your life will keep showing you what you're holding. And as it shows you what you're holding, and you clean up what you're holding, then the fruit you produce will be different. The results will be different. So it's a pretty sweet process. And uh, we're here to support that process becoming available to every mind, heart, and being on the planet. And we are deeply appreciative of the opportunity to share this space with you because the more people who join in that pursuit, the more powerful the results of healing show up. And so we welcome you to the process. And Michelle, is Dr. Tim with us today? He is. Well, let's say hello to the young man and see how he is today. I'm doing quite well, thank you. Awesome. I don't know. Exciting in the world? Well, um, life is exciting. The chance to to work with and share these tools is exciting. And I've had a whole host of opportunities to do that since our last conversation and so I don't know if it's your phone Michael or Michelle but someone's got a lot of background noise well I don't know I'm, I'm sitting I'm in the car, in the car running I just turned the car off does that silence it a little no it was more like shuffling like someone had the phone in their pocket or up against something so mm. Anyway, uh, it's not happening right now, so I'll continue. Um, the okay. the um, the opportunities that I had, you know, since our last conversation to share these tools. Um, you said in your intro that you feel massively blessed to be able to do this for a living, to to make the teaching of these tools something that not only helps and and um, promotes healthier, happier, more loving lives for others, but is also your chosen life work, and it's how you're supporting yourself. And I have to echo those sentiments that while there are many aspects of this work that are drudgery at times with paperwork and you know trying to worry about how to get reimbursed, etc., the actual work itself is one of the big joys in my life. And... To be able to, the way I've talked about it for a lot of years now is I've said to people when they want to give me credit for the changes in their life, I tell them, no, it's just really a pleasure and a joy for me to be around when people choose to get healthy. And in more recent years, when I've talked about this, I've said it's just a true joy for me to be around when people choose to reconnect with their true nature as love. 
and consciously connecting to that thing that can never leave. It's always there. As you said in one of your introductory statements, Michael, we each have within us this source. This source is the life-giving source in terms of the energy to keep the physical body moving, and it's also the source in terms of everything truly intelligent that comes through us. I like the way Dr. 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 Dale Allen Hoffman, Dale Allen Hoffman talks about this. He says he'd like to open many of his talks with a series of questions. And the first one is, are you breathing or are you being breathed? Are you seeing or are you being seen through? Are you living or are you being lived? And to sit with those three questions and breathe into them has always helped me shift my perspective, especially at times when I might have something less than a loving energy triggered into my awareness. And I've had the opportunity, even since we spoke last yesterday at noon, to be around when several people decided to make that shift from the focus on I have to figure this out or I have to prove that I'm right or I have to prove that somebody else is wrong into just watching and reconnecting their conscious awareness with what's inside them that keeps them functioning, their true energy of creation, loving nature, whatever you want to call it. And the use of the tools is the best way I know to help people do that. The use of the tool of forgiveness, as in the reality management worksheet process and the canceling of goals and the asking to be shown the true source of my upset. The use of the tool of the breath work. The use of the tool of the three earliest memories of conflict the use of the tool of codependence to interdependence and figuring out what advice I would want to give people that I believe have offended me in my life. And then right there, as I map out my advice for them, I have an absolutely genius set of advice for myself and moving my life to the next level of love and peace and creativity. So that's what's going on for me, and I'm just Grateful to be able to be here and support this work and to share the little successes as they happen. Pretty exciting stuff. I'm I'm right there with you, Tim. That's pretty awesome. So let's check with Michelle and see if there's anybody with a hand up in the uh, phone queue or anything happening in the chat room to be aware of. Yeah. um, Actually, Susan's had her hand up since we opened the show, so let's say hi to her. Hey, Michelle. Hey, Dr. Tim. Hey, Hey, Michael. Thank you. I um I called Michael earlier. I have a Laws of Living student, Tim Long, who um uh, wants to share something that he had the opportunity to um I want to introduce him. He is incredible. He's called the messenger around these parts. So, um, you know, I've enjoyed having him in my class and one thing I'll say about Tim, uh I just want to acknowledge that he perseveres and he builds the brain cells and he's come an incredibly uh uh He's just an inspiration to me, let's just say that. 
And I think Kim has his hand up. He's a 910 area code for sale. Oh, okay, sure. Let me get him. Well, um, well, now I've got a 970 with a hand up, so I don't think that's it. Yeah, um, if it's a 910. Tim, if Tim, my, Tim, Tim? Tim Long. Yeah, you know Tim. I know, I know. Um, you know yeah, Tim. I do have a, a 910. Uh, Tim, is you? He might you? not know how to put his. Okay. Hi, Tim. Yep. Hi, how you doing, everybody? I want to tell you hey, what great. happened Welcome, to me today. Sir. Good to hear from you. Okay, Michael, I met you one time. You probably don't remember, but that's okay. Uh, today, uh, I'm in a computer class for seniors, and they right. said they want to do it. They want to do a book club. So I took your book in today. Why is this happening to me again? And I introduced it to the teacher first. I got it early, and they welcomed the book, and they they're going to do a Facebook book club on the book. Oh, they're going to teach you how to do Facebook. Awesome. So we're going, yeah. And uh, we talked a little bit about it. I told them a little bit about it, kind of highlighted a few things, and uh, didn't get a chance to talk about it much. But I told them they could get it on the ebook. And anyway, we're going to start next week. I'm going to put it on Facebook, and uh, we'll be sharing your message through that way. So we'll see what happens. Well, that's- <laughs> That's fabulous, and they of course can load the download the book free on our website as well. So, yeah. uh, so they're certainly welcome to do that. And I hope I'll get an invite because I'd love to be part of the study and see how it unfolds. For sure, I, I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> I probably yeah, need some help explaining it. <laughs> well, too. I'll be delighted to be there to support you in any way I can. That's just okay. awesome. Great. That's great. So any, well, thank any you. questions at this point that we can support you with? Uh, no. Uh, I've been working with Susan. Uh, I've taken two of her classes, and uh, we're uh, we, we figured out <laughs> how to do it. Oh, that's fabulous. And, uh, so keep me posted and keep me in the loop, please. Okay. Thank you. Awesome. Delighted. Blessings. Okay. How cool is that? Bye-bye. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, one awesome. thing I want to share, share, Michael, thank you for your support. I know that Tim and I are going to need your support. So if there's any way possible that you can get an invite, and I can get an invite, um, we'll see how it goes. Maybe they'll open the group up to, I'm sure they'll open the group up to the author, you, and we'll see um, how it moves forward. Um, I'm just proud of Tim for being willing. He was so excited um, to get a copy of the book and to take it and for them to accept it that I wanted him to at least take credit and get some acknowledgement. And um, I just wanted to acknowledge him, too, for his tremendous uh, dedication and uh, perseverance to the work. And another thing I want to acknowledge Tim for, um, you know, in the Laws of Living, he's taken two courses, and they're eight weeks each. So that's 16 weeks we studied together. And um, we have the worksheet process, and we've we've done worksheets together, and we've done them in class, and Anyway, the other night uh, after talking to Stuart on the phone uh, the other day in his great uh, epiphany of how to um, rename the worksheet, I was in class last week, and I'm I'm beginning to present it. The second half, we always do a worksheet. And um, I called it the wake-up sheet. I said, let's just wake up. And I looked around the circle, and Tim had this incredibly big smile come across his face, and I realized at that moment, after knowing his story around work as a child 
work with something that was in his family, the boys did, and, you know, it was a whole story about it. And he had built his whole life around learning how to play and make money instead of work and make money. And it kind of clicked for me that having a wake-up sheet, he was very open to his spirituality and, you know, being the messenger and carrying the message of the the process of forgiveness. And anyway, so it was really like a light bulb went on that if he could wait, it could be the wake-up sheet. He was more than willing to jump on board with doing the worksheet, which is a wake-up sheet. So anyway, I, I thought that was sweet. Well, you know, for years people have said, well, you know, people don't want to do work. You know, why are you call it a work sheet? We don't want to work. And I've just never found a better name. It went for a little while, we tried out trigger sheet because people get triggered, but that just didn't really seem to work either. But I think you've hit the nail on the head, and I'm going to stop calling it a worksheet and call it a wake-up sheet. You don't fit so perfectly with that quote that I use so often from Young. If you look without, those who look without dream, and those who look within awaken. It's so perfect and right on track. And So I'm going to start to discipline my mind to shift the name of it, and uh, we'll go through. And I'm not sure just when this will happen because there's so much on the on the plate to do. But change the website and start uh, renaming it the Wake Up Sheet. And so that's exactly what it is. That's just a great, great uh, listening to Ruka. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It was like well, you know, for I guess 20 years I've had my email Awaken to Be, and then it's Awaken to Be in. And uh, and I guess I to wake up. I just wanted to wake up from the dream of uh, separation and and wake up to oneness, yep. which is the truth, you know. So anyway, so that was uh, another thing I thought was so sweet last week to get that and to just um, you know to re retrain myself to say the wake up sheet. But there's another question I got this uh, this morning, Michael, and I hope you have time and you'll address it. Is um, it was sent to me by a person that wanted to know me to explain organized. And I know you say that in the DVDs, organized. And I went completely blank. So I was hoping you could address that if you'd be willing. Absolutely. What is meant by organized? Well, in the same way that we break down the word disease to dis-ease, there's no, there's no big creature out there called the disease that's here to attack us. You know, the cancer got somebody, the the cold got somebody. It's dis-ease. When we introduce into our system an energy that creates a lack of ease and the energy is primarily mind energy, although we can introduce toxins and those things too, then what the cell biologists are showing us that is that when we think a thought, that that thought, that non-physical thing, becomes so-called physical. It reduces to the rate of vibration of the physical and becomes a neuropeptide, an actual molecule in the structure. And then the molecule circulates around in the structure until it finds a cell with a receptor site that matches. It lands on the cell. Now, the cell balance are saying what happens then is that the cell replicates the neuropeptide. I don't believe that's accurate. I think that's an error. I don't think it replicates. What happens is the broad-spectrum frequency range of the thought inserts certain aspects of itself into the cell, and it shows up in the cell as chemistry. 
So now it's becoming organic structure. It organizes. It becomes a reflected energy that expresses organically. There is nothing real or primary about the physical world. Everything in the physical world has something back of and superior to it. Now, the primitive mind looks at the television set and sees the 50,000 fans in two football teams and says, how did you get 50,000 fans in two football teams into that little 21-inch box? That's, that's just, I can't understand it. And you and I know that there are no fans, there is no football team in that little box. But there is a reflection of the energy that is back of and superior to it, and that's a television broadcast, that reflects as the picture on the screen. Precisely the same thing happens when I think a thought, that thought becomes a neuropeptide, expresses so-called chemically in the cell and becomes part of the organic structure. Therefore, everything we think about organizes, becomes organic structure. And if we live in a world of fear and terror, I mean, you just take a look at what the pharmaceutical industry is doing every time you look on the television, what are they doing? Telling you about this horrible disease and how you're going to get it. And if you don't do something, and boy, seven out of ten and six out of nine, and blah, 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 keep people in fear. Keep the mind energy and people's attention on the fear, and people will grow into a likeness of that disorder. It was actually a guy named Swami Rama. They took him into Duke University. They drew a circle on the back of his hand, and they did a biopsy and perfectly healthy cells. He meditated for 30 minutes, and he was able to organize cancer. He was able to turn the cells in his hand into cancer cells. And then 30 minutes more of meditation, and they do another skin biopsy, and they're perfectly healthy cells. Where we focus our minds, Yeshua said it this way, let thine eye be single and thy body will be filled with light. The physicists today are telling us that matter is nothing but trapped light. Thought is light entering into the physiological world. And so if I think thoughts based in rage and guilt and grief and fear, and I have that stored in my physiology from generations of hate and fear and terror and trauma, then I'm going to grow into a likeness of that and I will be diseased. Energies that don't belong in a cell create so-called chemistry in the cell. Now, there's another level where it's just energetic patterns, but in essence, for our purposes here, it's chemistry. And recognizing that there's always something back of and superior to it, and we always have the opportunity to change that frequency and change what organizes, what becomes our organic structure. Does that get to the core of the meeting you were looking for? Oh, I hope it does for the person that asked the question. But for me, yeah, I had it, I had it just a little bit different. I was talking to Terry about it and asking him last night, but it was like, or maybe it was this morning, I can't remember, but it's like the frequency that I'm at is what brings into existence out of the many possibilities what I see, which makes it organized matter. Is that right? Kind of like all the basketballs bouncing on the, playground during what the bleak do we know do you remember that scene yes well but when
when you're when you're looking at something or when you focus on a piece of mind energy, it turns into pictures in your mind, perception. Yes, but in this case, I'm specifically referring to the fact that the frequencies be, we bring into the structure become organic structure, organized in physiology, become oh. expressed in physiology. So, for instance, cancer is the organization of the mind energy of fear. And so each disease state, you know, go back and when they understood how this energy system worked in the ancient Aramaic, they told us about the dangers of putting a frequency in that doesn't belong. And the word that represented in Aramaic a frequency that doesn't belong is the word sin. It's an archery term. When you fire at the target and you miss the bullseye, the scorekeeper yells sin. You're off the mark. Originally, positive feedback as in take another shot. Change your mind energy. Change the energy you're engaging in. And then they told us, took it to the next level, the wages of sin is death. If I put enough disintegrative energy into my structure, it will organize. It will become organic within me. It will become my physiology. So my sin, my energies that are off the mark, become physiology. Physiology that comes out of energies that are off the mark is aberrant physiology and is a disease state. Disease doesn't belong within the system. When I forgive, and the skill that ultimately I need to learn to, to utilize is the ability to reach into every nook and cranny of my mind, of my cells, of my genes, scoop out the energy that doesn't belong, and throw it away. That's forgiveness. The result of forgiveness is that if I have an organ that is misfunctioning and misfiring and misstructured, it's because there's an energy in it that doesn't belong. When I scoop that energy out, that organ, literally, because it's not physical, it's energy, will instantly reorganize. It'll turn into healthy tissue. Now, mind energy also or organizes our picture world, our perception. You know, all perception is a construct in the mind. And so everything we see is a reflection. It always tells us more about the content of our mind than the world we think we're looking at. So there are different directions we can look to look at the fruit of our creative process. And our picture world is one of them. If I notice hostility, fear, rage, guilt, grief, fear showing up in my picture world, I can use that as an early warning system to say, I need to wake up from this energy and do a wake-up sheet that is use the forgiveness process to reach into the organ that this is stored in, remove it, and if I remove it, that organ doesn't have to become so distorted that somebody would look at it and say, well, now you've got a physical disease. There is no physical disease because there is no physical. What we call physical is nothing but energy, you know, if we listen to Einstein, on such things as matter, we have been all wrong. What we have heretofore called matter is energy, energy whose vibrations have been so lowered as to be perceptible to the senses. There is no matter. Matter doesn't exist. We listen to Max Planck. He's receiving the Nobel Prize in physics back around 1900, and here's what he says. As a man who spent his entire life studying matter, I can tell you this much. There is no matter as such. Our entire world is made of succeedingly smaller patterns of vibratory fields nested one within another within another. 
if I have a diseased organ, what have I engaged in or nested in my structure that became organic or organized in my structure? And am I willing to do the level and depth of work that it takes to go in and remove my diseases? It's the ultimate form of healing. Absolutely. Very well said, Michael. That's, that, that makes beautifully said. This will be a great radio show to listen to over and over and over. Um, so catching every thought and going to a wake-up sheet with it and collapsing my projection um, and removing it from my organs and from my tissue changes my frequency and what I see. So I see truth. Exactly. It changes, it changes all of the above. It will change the organic structure. It will change the so-called chemistry that makes up the organic structure. It will change the feelings that emanate from the cell that hold the disease that moves into ease. It will change the thoughts. It will change the pictures produced by those thoughts, the perceptions. It will change the energy that I spray into the world that brings results to me. If I build perception out of my stored organic hostility or fear and I paint pictures on the inside of my eyeballs out of that hostility or fear, I literally am spraying the person I'm looking at with hostility or fear and few people respond very happily when you spray them with that acid. When I forgive, when I remove that, when I utilize the wake-up sheet and I wake up from what I'm lost in in the way of hostility or fear and I see all kinds of implication for the wake-up sheet. It's awesome. It's, it's a fabulous idea. And when I wake up from the dream of what I've hidden inside of me and made pictures of, then I start making pictures out of my true being, out of love. And now instead of spraying the acid of hostility or fear on someone, I spray the sweetness of the presence of love. And guess what? My world changes. It's the most amazing process. And that's what we're here to share with every mind, heart, and being on the planet. That's it. That's the core of the work right there. It's great. It's awesome. I'm excited. I'm glad to be on the team. And to remember that if I have a capacity for any form of hostility or fear, what I'm doing is I'm being I'm being I'm losing myself in corrupt data that ultimately is my disease and will destroy me. Although I'm seeing pictures and I think that it's coming from outside, the fact that I'm the one who feeling is feeling it documents for me that this is something that I'm asleep in inside of me and I definitely need to wake up from it. So awesome. I agree. And you know and you know my experience of that uh, and I know you've seen me live and in action um has been the thought now is um when I realize that I'm disconnected from love, my essence, and I'm in some form of hostility or fear is to I understand, go into the closet, which means to me, be quiet because there's nothing intelligent going to come out if I'm connected to anything other than love, and to start the process of waking up to the truth, which is removing and canceling my goal of the way I want it to be, and getting back to the place of truth, which is what I really am, is love, and then from that place of truth and love, 
having my highest intelligence to make a decision on how to move forward or how to present myself and clean up whatever has happened in my mind. It's my it's it's incredible. I, and so when I do that, just know it's like going into the closet and doing my work, which I think they have referenced in the Bible, that that's where you pray, is you go into the closet and sit out in front of everybody. But um, I think that is setting the trap for God. It's setting the trap for love is to get back to that space for me. You got it. Right on track, 100%. Dr. Tim, you have any thoughts in that regard? Just a ditto, just an agreement, absolutely lovely to have the input. I like the way it sounds, the wake-up sheet, and I can see myself writing the reality management wake-up sheet and retraining my brain the same way. Me too. Awesome. Thank you, Ruka. Thank you for being here, here. and making the contribution. Susan, that's Thanks for, fabulous. Thanks for hanging around the work long enough to build the brain cells. Oh, you've seen me, man. I don't, I'm not going in. Yeah. I'm right here. <laughs> I'm hanging. I'm loving uh, every moment of being awake in my truth. And I'm working to be, I, I, I say I'm working, I'm consciously becoming aware of when I'm, in a different presence other than love and how uncomfortable it is and how I can get right back in it by breathing, holding a space of love for myself, which I caught myself doing the other day, just loving myself while I'm in it, you know, just experiencing that. And then also doing the um, the wake-up sheet as soon as I can get to a place where I can get a pen and pencil. Okay, I'm done. Thank you, guys. It's awesome. All right, nice work. Thank you. Great contribution. Blessings. Have a great day. We'll yes. see you on Friday. Travel yes, safely. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Talk to you then. All right. And anyone who might be in close, if you um, might want to come and join us this weekend, we're going to kind of do some work projects around Heartland. And Terry and Susan are coming to uh, to join us. And, Gary's going to uh, kind of, you know, as a contractor, is going to kind of take on uh, managing from a distance the process of uh, upgrading and taking everything at Heartland to the next level. So that's pretty exciting. And Susan's going to come and join us. And Stuart, who you've heard from on the show, is on his way. And Scott's on his way. And if anybody else wants to come and play, we'd be delighted to have you there this weekend. So come join us. Michelle? Any thoughts to add to the conversation? Well, um, maybe later we've got um, several people with it now, so been waiting. Let's say hi to Cindy in Colorado. Oh, hey there, young lady. Welcome. How are you? Uh, it's, it's, am I on the air? You yes. are on you the air. Are. Okay, this, this, I didn't push one, so... Uh, <laughs> I'm doing pretty well. Um, Brad and I have a lot of struggles in our relationship, um, ups and downs. The PTSD he suffers from is still keeping him stuck and numbed out. 
I'm working at me and my life and doing all the things I hear about on the radio show, and uh, that's kind of where we're at. Uh, We've been together four and a half years now, and yesterday I had to do a worksheet. What is it now? A wake-up sheet. Awesome. I love that. Good catch. Um, I did that, and in the process, I happened to open my notebook to a lot of the earliest things, a lot of the early problems, and I realized they're all still there. So, you know, going through uh, the mental process of of all that and just doing the best I can with with uh, using the tools. So that's where well, I'm at. A really useful thing to do is to look at, if you look back at those early worksheets, uh-huh. let's say on a scale of 1 to 10, if you picked any one of those issues and you looked at what your level of upset was back then, what was your level of upset? A 10. And if you look at it today, when you see you're still working on the same issue, what's your level of upset? Most of the time, I can go up to a 10. Uh, That's why I'm feeling kind of stuck, kind of discouraged, kind of hopeless. But I realize those are all things I need to work on. But boy, is it tough when uh, the person you love so much and respect and admire uh, just is not able to beam it back. It's so tough. So here's here's my input. Here's Here's your wake-up call. Notice that Brad doesn't get his love from you. Brad, when his carbon-based memory and his traumas aren't operating, is in touch with who he is as love. And that's where he gets his love. Yeah. And you get your love when your PTSD isn't operating and you're in touch with who you are. My offering yeah. is that there is no struggle whatsoever in your relationship with Brad. That's denial. There is a struggle, obviously, that you're seeing and owning that is happening inside of yourself in experiencing yourself as love. Brad triggers those pieces in you, but you're struggling, an internal struggle, to keep love conscious, active, and present in your mind. And Brad is struggling to keep love conscious, active, and present in his mind so that you can do what the world calls love each other But in the meantime, you don't get your love from Brad. Brad doesn't get his from you. And the struggle isn't in the relationship. The struggle is internal. And and I'm, I'm speaking here from experience, that every time something triggers, something less than love in me, and my mind wants to go, and when you did, and then I have to stop and go, why have I lost my connection to love? I was actually talking to someone yesterday, and she was saying that that, uh, her, uh, her significant other, had uh, started to come up with a phrase that he was using with her, and that was, and what are you using today to hold yourself out of love? (laughs) Because whatever Brad does, you have 100% ability to stay connected to love unless there's something in you that you disconnect yourself with. 
and, and, and the mind is so tricky at building pictures of how it's about the other person. That's the only reason I'm not feeling loved. No, if I'm not feeling loved, the only reason I'm not feeling loved is because I am not connected to love. There's something in my carbon-based memory based in hostility or fear that's coming up when my partner gives me that look. And that which is coming up in me belongs to one person and one person only, and any other conversation is all about denial, and the one person it belongs to is me. And so we come together in these things called relationships. And, you know, if you notice the, the workshop on relationships, it's called Healing Through Relationships. It used to be called Healing Your Relationships. I used to think there was such a thing as a diseased relationship. And then I started to access the tools and understand it became clear there is no such thing as a diseased relationship. There are diseased people who come into relationship with each other and give each other opportunities to heal, but it's each individual's choice to heal within the context of the relationship. Now, of course, it makes it a whole lot easier and a whole lot more fun, you know, if it's you and I and you're in your stuff and I'm in my stuff and you decide to go to love and I join you there. And I go, okay, let's go to love right now. Let's do it. It's certainly easier. And it certainly reinforces the appearance that, you know, my pain is about you and your pain is about me. But the truth is, that's all a lie. That's all an inside job that's a lie. And and what I can't stay connected to love in the presence of is my work. And if I'm here to support your healing, then whatever you're going through, if I can't stay connected to love when that's going on for you, and I have a problem. You don't have a problem. Well, you have your problem, but my problem isn't what your problem is. My problem is I'm disconnecting from love. And, and that's like the whole, the challenge of the whole world. And to break through that is just, it's huge to get to that understanding. Because we've yeah. always been told that the problem is out there and the problem is the relationship or the problem is the boss or the problem is the bank account or the problem is, you know, it's never true. But I understand you. I hear you loud and clear. I think I think where I'm at as far as hopelessness is I think looking back at those early worksheets really uh, brought brought the clear picture into my mind because my mind wants to believe, oh, we're getting better and I'm helping Brad and I'm learning all these things myself and I'm becoming a better person and so is he. And it's like, this little picture that I embroider because I want it so much to be what it could be, what the potential is here. Um, and I think looking back at those early worksheets and and I'm going, oh, my God, here I, here I am. I'm still here. I'm, I call it my hamster wheel. It's this wheel that I get on. Um, it starts with hope and it starts with great interaction with Brad and Brad ha- has such a way with words and he he expresses these beautiful beautiful thoughts the walk doesn't match the talk and I know that and so I'm going through this uh, thing about well maybe I need to stop ex- expecting him to change maybe uh um, you mean you might need to that, cancel that goal? Say that again? You might need to cancel that goal? 
would I like you to cancel that goal? No, I'm saying maybe you need to cancel that goal. That sounds like the perfect oh, worksheet in this yeah. situation. Absolutely. Yeah. But well, let me ask. I've been doing that. I've been doing that for almost five years now. I really yep. have since I first well, heard me, about your book. Right. I, that's what let I've been doing. Let me ask a question. How long have you and Brad been together? How long would you meet him? Almost five years. Okay, five years. So let me just ask you a silly, you know, out in left field kind of question. If you look at what, what were the words you're using to describe your feeling now is hopelessness, helplessness? Despair. What, what would the whole descriptor of it be? Depression. Um, very dark picture. Of, Hopeless, helpless, uh, depression, dark picture. Yeah. Kind of like, okay. what is what? What am I doing? Okay, now let me. Your question. If we were to go back six years ago, before you ever knew Brad, did you know what it felt like to be hopeless and helpless and have dark pictures and be depressed? In my first marriage, yes, I I. I had a 22-year marriage. Um, I had to end that. It ended in seven years of betrayal, and I had to I had to get out of that. Um, my second marriage was for 18 years with a, a co-worker at school, um, and I know this sounds ridiculous, but I was happy almost every day in that relationship. So that's one of the things I struggle with and I'm aware of is I have no business comparing this relationship with my happy one. But you'd already described a relationship like that today. Apparently, we just didn't trigger each other. The way So now so now you're getting the opportunity. Now you're getting the opportunity to go back and work through the hopeless helpless, dark picture depression that plagued your life before you met Brad. And sooner or later, you're going to have to work through that. And my offering again is the reason you're experiencing it is because you hold thoughts, perhaps generationally. You know, if you went back and you thought about mom or dad, do you suppose mom or dad ever felt hopeless, helpless, dark pictures, and depression? Of course, except yeah. my mother put on the happy face constantly. Right. Everything was just fine, no matter what was happening. No. So my input to you is you've hit a new level of vitality in your relationship with Brad, and the simple fact that you have a man in your life who says, I'm going to keep doing my work. Haven't done it yet. Not perfect. Not finished. I would be careful that you don't take the advice that came from the words you just spoke a minute ago. I had to get out of there. And that you keep moving forward and you peel out literally your very family capacity to experience hopeless, helpless, dark pictures, and depression, because these are things that are in your mind. They're not in your relationship. They're in your mind. And 
the fact that you two are working together in, in, in concert with each other. Not perfectly. I don't know anybody that is, and I include myself. But it's awesome that you have that in your life and that you yeah. are working through those layers. And, and I, I'd ask another question. Just before this layer of hopeless, helpless, dark pictures and depression came up, had you hit a new clarity and a new understanding in your life and in your work and in your relationship with Brett? Absolutely. Well, there you go. I know. So when you hit that new level of vitality, it means, okay, now I, now that I'm at a new level of vitality, I get to dig into a new depth of what I need to heal. So you're right on track, and I'm delighted and, and just honored you to know, be part of the process and be here to support you. As, as I said, and it's not Dr. Feelgood to heal. I I didn't push one, but I really believe this is help from beyond. So, thank you. I am honored and delighted to be on your team and to be here to support you both because I know you're both moving in the direction and there will be more dark moments. No question yeah. about it. I mean, you, you you came into the relationship with some pretty heavy-duty past and Brad coming in as an abused Native American and a Vietnam vet, he's got a bag that is big enough for 10 of us. And the fact that you can even have a conversation about we're working to clean it up is monumental on a planet-wide scale. Do you know how many, pardon me, billions of people are out there carrying that kind of load? And, and, you know, you're one of the early adopters. You're one of the ones who said, I am going to work through this. I am going to do this. And you're opening yeah. a space, literally, for everybody on the planet who's carrying similar baggage to be freed of it. And because you did your work, you're going to open the door to them being able to move through it more and more easily and get the reward that you're going to get as you do it. You know, there's a great parable that Yeshua tells about the, the labor in the vineyard. And the the uh, there's a guy who comes in at 8 o'clock in the morning to work in the vineyard, and he works through the heat of the day. And at noon, the, the plantation owner goes out, and he sees somebody who's got no work. He says, come and go to work. And, and at 2 o'clock, come and go to work. And 3 o'clock, come and go to work. And, and then when it comes pay time, when 5 o'clock comes and everybody finishes, he hands everybody the same paycheck. The guy who came into the field at 8 o'clock in the morning says, wait a minute, why? I've worked since, since 8 this morning. That guy didn't get here till 3 o'clock. How does he get the same pay? And, and the paymaster says, didn't I give you what I promised you? Isn't it my business if I'm generous? You're going to do a deeper, heavier level of work than the people who come after you. And it's a gift and a service you can give and bring because you said, I'm going to enter this conversation that, you know, 50 years ago on this planet, I don't know that there was anybody that could have had the conversation we're having right now. Anybody. 100 years, 200, 300, 
I don't think there was anybody that could have had this conversation. 2,000 years ago, Yeshua had this conversation with his disciples, and he said 2,000 years ago, you know, the prophets of old would love to be a fly on the wall to hear this conversation, hear what we're understanding now. And you're part of taking it to the next level, and it's an awesome thing to do, and not Dr. Feelgood. Boy. I must, I must have needed this. So. Well, I did, we're glad I also, that the button got pushed. <laughs> I also went online yesterday. I you um, piqued my curiosity about the why is this happening to me again? CDs where you actually have an actor reading the lines of Richard. So I ordered that yesterday, and I'm I'm looking forward to listening to that. And I'm I'm sure Brad will cool. You'll enjoy it. Yeah, because it's been a couple of years since we since we looked at the book, and it's it's time to to review it. And that sounds like that would be a fun way to do that. So it is. It's an awesome way to do it. CDs coming for those of us that are way out in the boondocks. We're on it. We're on it. Let's check in and see if Dr. Tim has anything to share with you. Okay. Uh, Michael, it looks like uh, Dr. Tim dropped off the call. You've got two minutes left. Michelle? Hi. Michael, are you silent? Well, Cindy, um, I, I'm thinking your cheek might have uh, swiped the keypad, and I'm glad we got the opportunity to have you participate in the show today. Thank you so much. It's so easy not to call. It's so easy just to listen, you know. <laughs> so much easier. <laughs> I agree. That's why I like volunteering. Yeah. Well, thank you well, Cindy, so much. Cindy, I have Cindy. I have no idea yeah. how many people you've just touched by being willing to being willing to call and share what you shared, because you're not the only one out there experiencing this. We're all in this yeah. process, and so <laughs> your questions and your honesty and your willingness to share it is a gift to the whole community. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so and much. We embrace you in our hearts. Give Brad a hug for us, and we cherish you both. Thank you. A million times, right, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So, everybody, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, if this show has been particularly meaningful for you, download it from the archives, listen to it again, put it in an email, share it with somebody, and bring a stranger to the show tomorrow. Create the best year yet of your eternal life. Blessings. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Mind Shifters Radio with the forgiveness doctor, Dr. Michael Rice, and his wife, Jeannie who present the internal Aramaic process of forgiveness. Michael and Jeannie are here every Monday through Friday on Earth Angels Radio. For more on Michael and Jeannie, please visit 